Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the City of Roses, City of Bridges, Stumptown, PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me today are my co-hosts Blazer Ben and Ro Zapanta. Fellas, how we living? Bingo, bango, bongo, Blazer fans. Man, I feel like I feel like Usher right now. Cause, you know, this is what it's like when you do it like me. We trade in places. Get it, get it, get it. It's good to be back, boys. It's good to have you, man. Good to have you. Do us a favor though, don't ever sing on this podcast again. <laughs> All right, man. Usher, Usher, I'll shout out. Shout out shout out to your Vegas residency, Usher. You know, you know, we'll take tickets. Appreciate know, right? it. Thank you. <laughs> Usher, baby. Yeah, appreciate some that. Usher bucks. Usher. We'll take some Usher. Oh yeah, bucks. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how do we give out? Uh, how do we do a giveaway for Ursher Bucks? <laughs> I don't know if anyone's gonna sign up for that giveaway. I know for real, I wouldn't sign up for it. All right, guys. So for this show, what we got going on is we have an updated playoff bracket. Then uh, you know, if you guys want to talk about the Nuggets, I say screw them. Oh, but man. it's up to you guys. Um, you know, we've got some some Blazer news. There's some some big stuff happening. Um, and then we're going to finish up with props, guys. But before we get into that, let's have a word from our sponsor. Get a little more out of watching NBA games with Daily Fantasy. Every Norman Powell drive, Nurkic rebound, or Dame game winner means so much more when you're playing with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. All right, fellas. Western Conference playoff matchups. You guys been paying attention? Yes, sir. I know I have a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So first we got the Jazz at the Clippers. You guys watch any of that? Yeah, man. Yeah. The Clippers, uh, Clippers advanced today, beating the uh, Mavs. You know, another first round exit for the Mavericks. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I, uh, I'm actually glad the Clippers made it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know it's fun watching. I know it's fun watching uh, Luca and, and Porzingis and, and whatnot. But uh, I think if if anybody is going to give the Nets uh, some fits. If if the Nets make it, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Clippers. And another thing, like if you want to really piss off LA LA Laker fans, just have the Clippers <laughs> advance. That that's the best way For to real. do it, right? <laughs> For real. <laughs> For real. Uh, all right, and then we got the Phoenix Suns against wah, 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 the Denver Nuggets. Ooh. Suns are gonna Suns are What's gonna the run them, on man? that one. Suns are gonna have four maybe five games. Yeah. You think so? I don't know. Is, is, man. is Chris Paul somewhat healthy? He is. He's looking healthy. And and the thing is, is that the Nuggets, they could get healthy at the right time, too. I mean, we didn't see Will Barton come out at all. And they were playing Austin Rivers like heavy minutes. So if they could switch that for P- for um, Will Barton, I mean, who know, who knows, right? I think it's going to be a yeah. good matchup. What yeah, do you I mean? Agree. Aiden, I Aiden on Jokic. So, you know, at least there's, you know, big man, big man there. Yeah. So one's not going to dominate true. the other. Aiden is not a slouch either. No. Nah. I mean that would that would definitely and be fun to watch. And they got Frank the Tank Kaminsky, sure. I, you know. Yuck. Who? 
<laughs> Who? The backup center. <laughs> so I know I know we probably don't care about it too much, uh, but the Eastern Conference, we've got the Sixers and Atlanta. Atlanta taking the first game today. You know, Philly, Philly was down quite a bit uh, in this game, uh, but they ended up making it somewhat competitive, but still ended up losing. And Milwaukee versus Brooklyn, which I'm actually super stoked to see KD go toe-to-toe against the Greek Freak, personally. Yeah. I mean... But you guys watch that? Seven-footers, super-duper long, also completely, like, athletic. Like, that. how is that not fun, dude? They're, like, the most giant athletic people we've ever seen. The thing that hurts me the most is that Harden gets hurt, and mm. it's like, uh-oh, oh, wait a minute. We still have two superstars and also, like, a former all-star on our team? Oh, yeah, we're fine. Let's just beat down on the Bucks. It's right. like, come on, guys. I think by former all-star, you mean former MVP? No, I meant former Blake all-star. Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake Griffin. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. No kidding, man. Like, that that team is ridiculously stacked. stacked and imagine if they it's still had LaMarcus so Aldridge right now, you know? Crazy. I didn't even yeah. think of yeah. that, actually. That's Hadn't even point. crossed my mind. Yeah, that, that's a great point. <laughs> that's that's pretty nuts. Uh, but you know, we'll see how that how that series shakes out. Brooklyn took the first game today. Um, I'm hoping. My heart is hoping that that Milwaukee ends up downing the Nets in the long run. Uh, so, guys, should we even talk about this this last game? Against the Nuggets. Man, I feel like we have to a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we got to right? touch it. We got to touch on it. I mean, it wouldn't be, you know, God. the Busted Bucket podcast if we didn't talk about our Blazers and their we gotta have closure. final yeah, game. It just, it just hurts so much. It just hurts so much, guys. <sighs> oh, so much. Yeah. So, Blazers end up losing the final game of the season, 115 to 126. Fellas. What are your impressions of this game? I'll start with you, Blazer Ben. I, it was a good start, you know, for the first three quarters. You know, we played Blazer basketball. We were up pretty much the majority of the time. Uh, MPJ had a first quarter to remember for life. He probably won't ever do that again. You know, 22 points in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's just slight shade on the, on the Nuggets still, but I'm still giving them credit. So, you know, it's not a complete bash. You know, but... It, again, we, it, it's like a backhand. Again, it was another right? game of, of foul trouble. You know, the the Blazers just can't can't get over the hurdle uh, of not staying out of foul trouble. You know, this time it was Powell. You know, he got his fourth foul with seven minutes left in the third quarter, and I think he didn't play very much because of foul trouble earlier. You know, but Rocco came up. Mm-hmm you know, clutch while other people were down. He had a couple back-to-back threes, I think. And then, you know, his unsung defense that doesn't show up on the stat, uh, the stat box, the, the, the stat box, the box score, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's just the, 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 you know, the tough part to talk about is the Nurk fouls, you know, Nurk had four fouls in the third yeah. quarter alone. He had no fouls for the first mm-hmm. half. No fouls, right. and then four fouls, and those last two being back-to-backs. And I think that fourth one was being a charge on Nurk. You know, he always gets that fourth or fifth foul as an offensive of sorts, whether he's setting a pick or, you know, doing the, the, the drive to the hoop and them just barely getting there in time. We had nine fouls I, I in the third like quarter of, alone, man. I, I feel like a lot of those, those like, 
that final foul on, on Nurk or whatever is always like a frustration foul too. It's like he's upset that he's not getting, uh, you know, the calls he wants or he's getting, you know, fouled for like a ticky-tack foul and then he just creates like an egregious foul and it's just, it's out yeah, of frustration. he did have that one foul that he wanted to get reviewed, right? Yeah. He did. Against, against Jokic um, that ended up giving him three free throws and, I mean, you guys basically said it. I mean, we... Honestly, when I was watching the game, I thought that we were going to win because everything seemed to be going like the signs of like Blazer life was there. You know what I mean? Damian Lillard was doing a good job kind of facilitating the offense. People like Anthony Simons was hitting it from deep. And usually when Anthony hits, that's what I'm like. We're going to we're going to freaking win this game. Because when he hits, it's kind of like a rare commodity almost, right? And when he hits, he usually hits a ton in the row because he's such a streaky shooter. So I was feeling good. And then Melo was doing some positive things too. But then, you know, Nurkic was staying out of foul trouble for the first half. Like, when does that even happen? And then, like you said, in that third quarter, that's when things started to compound. Things started to go bad. And Nurkic got into foul trouble. And it seems like every single time, it's not an accident when Yusuf Nurkic gets fouled out, we lose the game. We lose the game. It was the kiss of death. I was thinking that, thinking it when it happened. I was like, this is the kiss of death. Like, th there's no way we're going to bounce back from this. Yeah. Did he foul out this game? No. Yeah. Didn't. Oh, I thought he fouled out. I don't out. think he fouled I'm out. Sorry. He had five fouls. I'm sorry, guys. Was he not playing <laughs> at the end of the game? Was he not on the floor? Mm, I don't think so. You know, I, I can't recall if he was out on the floor or not, Ooh, it's but ball ball. Uh, it, it definitely felt like he wasn't out on the floor. I'm tripping out, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good, man. I mean, I mean, you're right, though. You're right. It's it's definitely the kiss of death because, you know, besides Yusuf Nurkic, who did, who did the Blazers have? They they can't throw Robert Covington on on Joker. Not Joker. Did I just call him Joker? <laughs> you can't throw Covington on Joker and expect to have a positive outcome for, you know, a longer stretch than, you know, a minute or two. Um, you know, there, there's literally nobody because Cantor wasn't covering him well at all. Like, he was a non-factor yeah, this Yeah, he had series. a DNP, man. I said it before. Yeah. He did. And, and rightfully so because he wasn't making any impact whatsoever in this series. So, you know, I, I think the a big thing that, that contributed to... Um, the Blazers losing this game is they, you know, our stars couldn't knock down the threes. Dame shot 27%. McCollum shot 25%. You know, it's just, it's, it's going to be tough because the Blazers offense is predicated on making those threes. You live and die by those threes, just like Steve Nash's sons, you know, it's just, it's, it's just what happens. And when you're not hitting, you're not going to be, you're not going to do well. Yeah. I mean, the, the Nuggets had some unsung heroes again off the bench. You know, Monte Morris, 22 points. You know? Yes. Who? I, honestly, guys, I had never even heard of this guy until yeah. this series. Maybe because I, I just don't watch <laughs> enough basketball. I don't know. But where did this guy come from? Enlighten me. Dude, I mean, he was playing absolutely amazing. I mean, he was 50. What is what are his percentages here? 50, 50. Uh, in the 60. last game, 50. Yeah, 50, 50, and 60. I mean, he you know, was. Apparently, all we had to do to win the game is put him at the free throw line. He's, but... he's been on his Denver his whole career for four years. Just he didn't come from another team, just so you know. 
Yeah, he's, I mean, like... 30, he's been hanging uh, in the depths of the 30, bench. He played 32 minutes, and it seemed like 32 big minutes. He seemed very reliable from the three-pointer, too. Like, whenever he got the ball, you just really felt like he was going to go in. And Jokic, man, like, just having the presence of mind when the doubles were coming to find the open man every single time, some of those passes were completely across the court. And it was like an anticipation pass. Like, I know exactly where the defense is going to rotate, and that fool in the corner is going to be wide open. And he's not open yet, but I could see it happening, and he just tosses it in the air as, like, we're rotating and leaving him right wide open. Like, it's... Well, let's be honest. Blazers' yeah. defense always leaves the corner open. It's true. The perimeter defense was <laughs> something is, to yeah. behold because it was, it was really awful this game. Really awful. Actually, not the whole game. I will say the second half is when things started to really fall apart. Yeah, definitely. Um, seemed like as soon as that fourth quarter started, man, that was that was a tough one. Um, what did I mean? What do you, where do you think the Blazers go from here? Obviously, you know we're gonna get into it in a second, but there's there's some big changes happening. But you know how how do the Blazers get better? Defense. Yeah, defense, man. We we just we have too many lackadaisical defenders. You know, letting people blow around them, not, you know, switching appropriately. We need players that can switch on those screens and not get caught going under and then getting messed up with a 3. You know, we need people that can switch on this. We need a more versatile center that can move with with the screener to let the defense set back up. So we're not getting so many, you know, wide open, wide open threes or lanes uh, to the hoop, uh, whatnot. You know, Denver had a lot of offensive rebounds this game too. You know, which mm-hmm. really, really messed us up too, and the and the momentum we had in the game. It it begs the question why why Harry Giles maybe didn't get a few minutes here and there, right? I think you're talking about a a lengthy big. Who has he's shown you in, in spurts that he can be a defensive presence. He can do a little bit here and there offensively, but like it makes you wonder, right? Well, it's like I mean, you see. Well, as former president of the Harry Giles fan club, <laughs> this is what I have to say about my man Harry Giles: is that all the athletic stuff is there, man. All the athletic stuff is there, and when he's in the moment making these like crazy plays you guys remember in the middle of the season he dove at the floor he did like this swim move i do he threw the ball back right to cj after like getting a loose ball and then he ran down the court and then ended up getting a dunk on the other end and we were like harry giles has arrived i remember that when he is like that dude, you ordered your jersey he is at, yeah <laughs> i ordered five Custom of them made. dude all the color, all the colorways. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll, Giles uh, fan club. Bucket Busters. We'll, we'll be we'll be doing a giveaway shortly <laughs> for those. Every last one of them. <laughs> so it's not it's not athletic, man. It's not about that. It's his mentals, and there are times where he is not tuned in, and you know, with a defense, what you really need is literally five pieces that think the same way. You know, it's all about chemistry, and that's that was the problem with Giles, man. It wasn't the one-on-one stuff; it was the playing team defense stuff, and I think that's why he wasn't getting any minutes. Do you think Norm? Do you think Norm came too late? Yeah, absolutely. I think he came too late. 
I mean, he was he he did give us a spark, you know, at the end of the season. But I felt like if we had him for an entire year, this defense would feel completely different. Tim? Yeah. I think I think so too. I think um I mean, we saw what happened when he came here. I mean, our we went from what dead last or, or right above dead last in in the league defensively to what was it 15th within 10 games yeah something like that yep. we were middle of the pack i mean he obviously makes a difference he doesn't play the greatest one-on-one defense but team his team defense is there and i think it makes the team better as, as a whole so yeah i think we would have done a lot better we probably wouldn't have been matched up against denver what do you think we would have yeah. done better against LA? Clippers. Well, I was gonna say which oh, LA man. man. Clippers. <laughs> I would have I would have thought that after the first two games. <laughs> after the Clippers dropped the first two games at home. But I mean I I still I still think the Clippers would have been too much for us. Agree. I'm going to be honest, yeah. guys. I, I still think the Clippers would have been too much for us. I think the Nuggets was our best chance. Mm-hmm. Literally, the Nuggets the Nuggets were weak at the point we are the strongest, which is guard. They didn't even have their right. guards. This was our chance. And I think we're going to talk about this later, but I think it's got to fall on the coach, guys, with this. Because I feel like this, this matchup was primed for us to win. Yeah, but... What a great segue. <laughs> I just want to say before you move on though, before ahead, you move ben. on though, I want to give a shout out to Rondé Hollis yeah. Jefferson making every effort of his 10 minutes last game. Very impressed Absolutely. with his 10 minutes, you know, coming off the bench and his athleticism, his enthusiasm, his just getting in there trying to battle Jokic for a rebound. Like, I just want to say props to Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I hope to see you back next year, man. Uh, even if it isn't a limited role off the bench, we I love your enthusiasm. Take it away, Tim. I think we can all I think we can all agree that Rondé Hollis Jefferson back next year would be a great fit. It would be a great look for Portland. Uh, the guy came in with such energy. I'm just gonna say sorry. I'm sorry, Rondé. Yeah. I did not believe in you. I thought you were some <laughs> chump off the street taking minutes from my man, Derek Jones Jr. And it hurt my feelings. So I said, screw this guy. But honestly, Rondé, like, you lived up to every single bit of that contract. And, like, played great defense. 245,000. You played more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Derek can give him some of his payday. Seriously, man. Because Rondé. He needs to. He needs to. Rondé felt like an X Factor sometimes. Like, you toss him in there and you're like, what are we going to get? And. Typically, we got something positive. So, Rondé, like, what's up, man? I apologize. Well, I've said it before. It was his his energy, his hustle, his willingness to do whatever it took to get the dub, to, to help the team. And and I think that was missing with Derek. Right. So, right. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that next season. Hopefully, he'll be around. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting offseason, that's for sure. And with that, let's talk about the most recent news for Portland, Terry Stotts, head coach of the Portland Trailblazers, no more. Man. What a time. What do you think, fellas? Let's start with you, Ro. You know, I mean, 
I'm gonna say it. I I really liked Terry at the start. You know, I really liked him. I I felt like he's a good coach, and you know his his resume. He's got a great resume. I mean, nine season with the Blazers. Um, he had a winning record. He he actually had the second uh, second most wins in Trailblazer coaching history, right behind Dr. Jack. Right, and you know he went to eight consecutive playoff eight consecutive playoffs. Um, I know that Damian Lillard was a big part of that, and. I think the biggest part of this, though, is that there's a stat out there about Terry Stotts and his playoff record. He has the second worst record, playoff record, of all time. And I think that really speaks to how he was unable to adjust. He couldn't adjust. I mean, you could even call it a different sport, if you want to get real. Playing the same team seven times. It's really a mind game. It's really about adjustments. And, you know, I thank you, Terry Stotts, because you're such a gentleman and you've been good to, like, Blazer fandom. But I feel like, mutually, it's time to move on. I, I almost feel like like reading Terry Stotts' goodbye letter, I don't know if you guys read that too, I almost felt like he knew that he's done everything that he could for Blazers, for the Blazers. And now it was time for him to move on too. So I feel like this was kind of a mutual parting. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, man, we the writing was on the wall earlier in the season, especially in the playoffs, right as it started, you know, in the last 10 games of the season. We, we all saw this coming. Um, I don't feel like anybody should be surprised. You know, I feel like that's why Terry and the organization mutually agreed to part ways. I wouldn't call it a firing. You know, they talked it up after. Oh, it was the, mutual. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it as a, as a negative aspect, but, you know, we wish the best to Terry. I did read his letter from uh, Terry and his wife, you know, ending it with Keep Portland Weird. That was a little weird, but I'll let that go. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> Terry is a, is a player's coach for sure. You know, he's the only coach Lillard's ever been under. You know, they both started with the Blazers in 2012, built what they've built, you know, but yeah, he he never really made adjustments. He would he didn't like to take risks. I don't feel, you know, he wasn't much of a risk taker, especially. And I understand, right. you know, once you get in the playoffs, you really want to get your rotation down to an eight, nine maximum ran rotation. But you know, if that's not working, you got to go elsewhere, man. You can't just keep taking the hits. And you know, I feel like it's tight. Nine seasons, he's he served his you know tenure here time for him to move on and uh on to greener pastures you know i mean i've already seen rumblings that he's not going to be unemployed for long you know uh, i think orlando they just let their coach go so they were looking at terry as a possible uh landing spot for him too so you know i i like it you know i think most blazer fans would agree that it is a good thing to see you know and, and we'll see what you know comes out of it so right yeah, I, I agree. And and I read his letter, too. And I think, you know, Terry Stotts and Damian Lillard built a great culture here uh, in, within the organization. Um, you know, they they were great for Trailblazer fandom, like you said, Ro. Um, I just I, I think he's a, I, I do think he's a good coach. But I think that's where we're, we're getting hung up is that he's a good coach. He's not a great coach. Great coaches will adjust right. their coaching style 
to succeed in the playoffs. And unfortunately, Terry just couldn't put it together. And, you know, I, I know uh, I say it uh, for everyone else. We wish him the best uh, in the future. Hopefully he does have more playoff success than he did here with the Blazers. But, you know, at the same time, it was it was definitely time um, for the Blazers and, and, and Stotts to, to part ways because... You can only do the same thing for so long, right? Isn't that the, kind of the definition of insanity? To keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result? Yeah. So, not saying anybody's insane. I'm just putting putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> only insane people would know if that's true. I mean, right. I've got, I've got one <laughs> Terry Stotts, you know, <laughs> highlight. I was going, I think it was either the, the circus or Disney on Ice or something. Was it the, the, the Moda Center? And we were going in the lower entrance for parking. And next thing I know, I see Terry Stotts walking down the steps coming from the uh, Coliseum. And I roll my window and I go, Terry, Terry, can I get a photo with you? Dude sticks his head in my car, takes a selfie with me. And he goes, no, 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 that probably wasn't good. Take another one. So I take another one. And he's got the biggest grin on his face. His head's in my car. And, you know, he's like, all right, have a, enjoy enjoy the awesome. whatever we were going to. I don't remember if it was ice or, or a circus. But, you know, he's like, enjoy the show, man. Uh, and go Blazers. And then that was just my, my only interaction with Terry Stotts. And it was great. It was positive. You know, he's a very fan favorite coach, That's too. Pretty sick. So. That's awesome. We're going to have to we're going to have to post that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to look up that dig photo. That photo up, I got to look that photo up. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Dig, dig that up, man. That was probably years ago. Oh, yeah. Ago. It was like two, three years ago for sure. <laughs> Maybe even four. Yeah, that's going up. That's going sure, up sure. for sure. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, we wish Terry the best, but now it's time to look forward, look ahead. I know you guys have, have heard it. I, I'm pretty sure all of Blazer fandom has heard who Dame wants. So let's let's just go over the short little timeline here. Terry Stotts gets fired, or excuse me, mutually parts ways. Damian Lillard says he wants Jason Kidd. Now, Chauncey Billups was also uh, rumored. We can think maybe uh, that's Olshay's pick. Um, you know, who, who knows where that came from? But but those two guys are, are at the top there. Then, uh, was it today? I think it was either this morning or, or, or last night. Jason Kidd announces that he's pulling his name out of the Blazers head coach race. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Ben. No, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your flow. Go, now, go for it. No, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I was actually seeing where we uh, where we had quoted this quote from, but I'll just read it anyway. Uh, looks like it's from Yahoo Sports. So Kid was ultimately uncomfortable with the idea of pursuing the opening or pursuing the opening after Blazers star Damian Lillard publicly called for his hiring within hours of Stott's departure on Friday night. The public nature of Lillard's endorsement, telling Yahoo Sports that Jason Kidd is the only guy I want, left Kidd feeling he would both put Lillard and Portland's uh, process in an awkward circumstance should he pursue the opening. Now, how how do you guys feel about Kidd, uh, the the potential of of getting Kidd here, regardless of him pulling out? Wait, can I can I pull out my conspiracy theorist hat uh-huh. and toss it on real yeah, quick yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I was actually really hoping you were going to bring this up I know you had texted me earlier dude because like this is completely weird to me 
because if you look at that original list of coaches rumored to be interviewed by the Blazers, Jason Kidd is not on that list. Right. Jason Kidd's not on that list. Dame, Dame went through Shams and said, hey, Jason Kidd is going to be my guy. And then they released that information, almost like a Dame versus Olshay battle. And then it comes out that Kidd and Billups are the top two candidates. And people are like, where are people, where, where are they getting Billups? Like, where are they getting this? And then you dig, you dig further and further down the rabbit hole, and you see that Olshay has always complimented Billups in the past, dude. He's talked about how how Billups could have run run the um I forget what team he was on at the time, but basically just praising Billups. And then Jason Kidd backs off and says, "Hey, like I do not want to be part of this little scuffle that that Lillard and Olshay has created." So I'm just going to back off of this race entirely. Like, isn't that weird? Isn't that kind of concerning? Like, I know that's like conspiracy theorist like stuff right now. But how does that mm-hmm. make you guys feel? Blazer hey, Ben. I'm glad Jason Kidd withdrew his hat out of the uh, <laughs> mix. You know, I'm not going to touch. I'm right. not going to touch on his right. troubled past. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's reading about it. Because that's all everybody can talk about right now. But, you know, I'm going to talk about his coaching past. His coaching past, it's 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 just like Terry Stotts, man. You know, he, he coached with Brooklyn. And, and he was coaching on Brooklyn. He had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, and uh, Darren Williams. Okay? They made it to the playoffs. And... Yeah, time out, though. Time out, though. KG, well past his prime. Here we go. Paul Pierce... Well past his prime. Joe Johnson hadn't done anything, what, a year or two prior be- to going to the Nets. He shouldn't have been a coach at that time. He, he, it, it was early it was one for him to be a coach. From his yeah. NBA career. It I agree. Weird. And you can't. But I'm just saying he got. Like that. And he got a team full of has-beens. Yeah, but well, you know you can you can disagree if you want, but they were has been. They're man. champions, man. Well, not all of them. Yeah, they were champions. Okay, yeah, I, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, they well then tell me about this. He went and coached Milwaukee for four seasons, right? He had Giannis every year. Assistant. He was a what? Mm-hmm. He was an assistant, right? No, nah, was he was he head coach. 2014, 15, 15, okay. 16, 16, 17. Sorry. Yeah, he had Giannis every year. He had Chris Middleton every year. Mm-hmm. Jabari Parker as a rookie, you know. Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon. What, what year? What year did he? What year did he go over 14, there? 2015. 2015. 2015. Yeah. 14-15. And Giannis was drafted I think when? He was drafted that year. So he was still like 6-6. 6 7. Yeah, when did he get his growth spurt, Ben? We're just Hold on. on everything let, let me get my intern. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. You know, but you know he he, he had uh, a, let I don't, ben cook. Yeah, man, he had a playoff yeah. run. I'm letting him cook. I'm he letting him He had a playoff cook. run with Milwaukee, just cook. like Terry Stotts did. You know, he made the playoffs three of the four years, and they were all first round exits. You know, and so then they eventually canned him mid season of 2017-18. You know, they, they, they couldn't take it anymore. You know I mean? That's, 
for coaches that continually make it to the playoffs, yeah, kudos. But if you continually exit in the first round, you're not doing something right. You know, especially if you have the parts yeah. that are there to help you. You know, I, I just feel like kid taking his hat out of the uh, mix is is a blessing in disguise. You know, uh, I'll eat my words if for some reason he does become the coach of the Portland Trailblazers. But you know, I, I, I will. I will say the good thing is is that he's not a head coach right now, and he's learning behind others. I think that was kind of what Roe alluded to is the fact that he was one year removed before he started as a head coach. And, you know, not a lot of people can be successful in a situation like that. So, you know, the good news is we probably don't have to worry about Jason Kidd. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can't but, say, you can't put a, you know, an end on that. You never know. You never know. Well, that's true. You never know. But for now, it doesn't seem like we need to worry about that. Now, you had said something that I had been thinking about as well is, you know, th- there are other um, coaching candidates out there that also have had first round exits. Like, do we, are we wanting to bring in a coach that has a history of first round exits? That's another thing to pay attention to. And honestly, man, I, so, okay, real quick, we've got some other coaching options here. We've got Juwan Howard, who's a head coach of Michigan, who has said he's not looking for an NBA head coach job there was chauncey billups and then jeff van gundy which is interesting because he had talked about returning to coaching but i gotta say man after listening to him for a few years how many how many how long has he been an announcer too long in my opinion after listening to him comment on these games Uh i i wouldn't even want him as an assistant yeah, he does a lot of he does a lot and then of you've got, why are they doing that? Why are they letting the player do that? <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Mike D'Antoni, which is I think an interesting prospect. I think Mike D'Antoni did a lot of good things in in his previous roles as head coach. Uh I'd be I'd it's an intriguing prospect for this current Blazers team. What do you guys think about those guys? About those names? Let's go with uh, uh let's go with Ro. Um shout out to Jawan Howard, Blazers legend, right? I mean, how could you not love that guy? Fab five. Love him. Thing is is that yep. I was just about to mention that he's part of the Fab Five and is coaching Michigan. Like, does he really want to leave that situation? Probably not. His job is pretty much untouchable there. So, I mean, I know that getting an NBA job is very tempting, but if I if I were in his shoes, I probably would just want to stay in Michigan and coach coach there, get the best recruits. Because, like, who doesn't want to play for Jawan Howard in Michigan? That just sounds dope, right? Like, all you got to show, oh, yeah. all you got to do is show the kids the the 30 for 30 documentary <laughs> on the Fat Five. And you got them, right? And then Chauncey Billups, I mean, I'm not really too impressed with Chauncey Billups. He doesn't really have a good coaching resume. I don't like the people that he coached under either. Like, to make comparisons, like, I'm looking for a dude who, like, did some coaching stints under, like, Greg Popovich. You know what I mean? Like, I want that kind of lineage. I want to pause you right there, and I'm going to get to you too, Ben. But you brought up Pop, and one of the most intriguing candidates to me Ime Udoka. That's what I'm saying. Becky Hammond. Yes. Becky Hammond. That's what I'm Becky saying. Becky Hammond's not going anywhere. Becky Hammond's not going anywhere. She's she's going to take over after Pop. I'm going to say, though, 
that Mike D'Antoni is a good like is a good silver medal. I know people are against me on this, but get this. The man literally like helped recreate what the NBA is now. Okay? If you're tired of seeing literally these half-court offenses with firepower like Lillard, like CJ, like Melo, and you want to see them run on the open floor, you got Mike D'Antoni. Like, he wants you to shoot in seven seconds or less. Like, how fun would that be? He's going to need to hire a defensive assistant. That's for A whole defensive assistant coach. Like, squad. But I want to say that I would... I would give him a shot at hopefully changing his ways because he's got one of the parts really dialed in. Um, that's what I got to say. What do you think? Laser Ben. Yeah, I mean, Mac D'Antoni took Houston out of the first round all four of his seasons he was there. You know, he at least got to the second round uh, all four of those years, so he wasn't one and done. You know, one year they did get to the Western Conference Finals where um, I think a team called Golden State beat him, I think. Uh, I'm not quite sure who's on that team. <laughs> but let's just put out to note, Jeff Van Gundy has not coached in the NBA till, since 2007. The game was uh, completely yeah. different I'm going to say the yeah. game has changed since 2007 True. to now. <laughs> I feel like he would just complain at the refs the whole time. Like, that was a flop. That was also a flop. Yeah. Did you see that flop? Yeah, anyway. I mean. Travel! <laughs> He did. He did coach for some hardcore teams. You know, he was he was coach of the Knicks uh, back in the nineties. Yeah. You know where mm-hmm. you know you had Patrick Ewing. How many championships Patrick did they Ewing, win? Charles Oakley. You know John Starks. Uh, how many championships did they have? Uh, a whole whopping donut. <laughs> they were Eastern Conference champions in 98, 99, though. So you know they didn't make it to the finals and lose. But. You know, he's got playoff experience that's a little more in-depth than other coaches, but he's just so out. And Juwan Howard, Juwan Howard, yeah, I'm going to stick with he's not going anywhere. He just signed that five-year contract a couple years ago with Michigan, and, like, you guys have alluded to that who doesn't want to coach at their alma mater, you know, especially as a head coach. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, Chauncey Billups looks to be the most viable of those four if I were to pick. But, you know, him and him and Ty Lue have a good relationship. Ty Lue specifically picked him for his assistant coach coaching staff True. because of the relationship he had with Chauncey Billups. Uh, Billups does have a chip mm-hmm. with Detroit, so he does have a championship mentality. He knows what it's like to win a championship and be on a very defensive-minded team with, uh, what, Ben Wallace and, and, and Rip Hamilton and Tayshawn Prince in them. You know, those are very defensive-oriented teams, so it's, it's proof that a defensive team can win a championship. So, my, if like I said, if I were to pick A, B, C, or D, I'd pick, you know, B, Chauncey Billups uh, of those four. Jeff Van Gundy, too bad, so sad. You're not getting back in the league. Mike D'Antoni, too offensive-minded. It's not what we're looking for. And Jawan Howard's not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree with you, Ben. I, I think... As much as as D'Antoni intrigues me, I think it's too much of the same, right? We need we need a, a major shakeup on this team because you know adding more offense is not going to help us. We've got a great offense, one of the, one of the top offenses in the league. So I think if you can 
combine what they've got going for them already with a heavy defensive minded coach I think you've got you've really got something there and that's why I said Ime Udoka who studied behind Greg Popovich for what seven years and didn't he just isn't he on uh, the Nets squad right now too and he's a Portland so, State grad you know the guys Portland State grad yep he's he played for the Blazers that's the number uh, one choice there too bad he's yeah not on you know the list, I though. The, the only thing that would that would turn me away from him is the fact that he has not had head, head coach experience yet so with that let's talk about the rosters or the roster uh you know we need we need a shakeup. we've got some expiring contracts um we've got guys that maybe are a little unhappy uh i don't know if you guys saw nurk's post-game press conference it wasn't so amazing he was definitely down in the dumps as you would expect but it it was definitely it definitely felt like there were some finger pointing going on Um, we want to recreate some of those quotes so you know in case people didn't read it they know what we're talking about go ahead ben all right on on nurk's on nurk's uh, post-game presser right it's starting here quote i don't know what i need to do i've got a non-guaranteed contract can i ask the question can i be the reporter <laughs> oh, we're gonna do some role playing yeah, here, can we guys. Do some role playing. <laughs> Let's go. Wait, what's my question? Let me get, let me, let me get, let me get my popcorn. <laughs> uh, it said, Nurkic, uh, ask about my basketball future." Is what you should say. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Rosa Panta from the Busted Bucket. Uh, I have a question for Yusuf Nurkic, and that is, uh, I, I was wondering what your role is uh, for the future with the Trailblazers. Well. I don't know what I need to do. I've got a non-guaranteed contract. I don't know if I'm even going to be back, right? I'm going to leave that to Rich Paul. He's my agent. We'll see what happens. As far as right now, I'm just going to get away from basketball and see what my next step should be. We'll see what's going to happen. I'm not sure if I'm going to come back or what the team direction is. We'll look at that later. At the beginning of the year, I wish my role was bigger. But, you know, I think I could help even more. But like I said, I was respectful and tried to do what they asked of me. I don't know what the future stands for me or the team and this team. In the right situation, yes. We'll see. I don't know yet because this is not it. Thank you, bro, from the Busted <laughs> why, Bucket Podcast. Why do I, why, do I, <laughs> why do I feel like Nurk's about to be in the next Rocky movie as the villain? <laughs> Dude, that was amazing. You kind of sound like Biggie for a second. Yeah, like, don't do boy. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was just gonna say it, but I didn't wanna. Baby, baby. <laughs> okay, now that we've enlightened the people, that. That, that was a good moment. You know, yeah. now that we've enlightened the people moment, that you know maybe not have you know read the press, uh, the presser after the game of Nurk. You know, that's some pretty cryptic messaging that he's saying there. You know. Yeah, I hope you guys were paying attention because I wasn't, but I already read it though. I already read it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely felt like Nurk was unhappy and was unsure if he wanted to come back to this team. And it it felt like maybe he was pointing his finger at Terry Stotts. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with him and, and his agent, I suppose. Um, what What's his contract at, Ben? We, 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 12 mil, non-guaranteed, yeah, four, right? Four guaranteed. Uh, so which means we can cut him and only be on the hook for four. Thanks to Roe for that helpful information earlier. That's good. 
<laughs> so yeah. it sounds like he you know, kind of knows is he's gonna be on the trading block it kind of knows I think so. he, that there's going to be some changes and that he's part of the change, that he's not a solid part of the team. That's what it sounded like to me, right? You know what, guys? I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, as much as I love this roster top to bottom, the changes I think you need to make, you need to be okay with trading everyone not named Damian Lillard. We've said it. Ro and I have said it to each other before. But I think now is the time yeah. because if you have a chance at trying to create success around Damian Lillard, this is ultimately your last chance. Yeah. Bucket busters. You're I mean, not, you're, we, we felt like we were like your parents, like me and Tim, when we were doing these podcasts, we're like saying things kind of, <laughs> kind of behind your back, you know, that you, you're just not ready to hear. But we feel like we've grown enough now that we could just say it. Trade everyone, but but not Damian Lillard. I'm sorry it hurts. I'm sorry it hurts, Blazer fans. But this is literally where we are. This is the crossroads. But does Dame have gas in his tank for another rebuild year, man? No. See, I don't think so. And and I, I don't think I don't think you're looking at a rebuild year because you've got some pieces that that you can trade to bring in some high level I mean, talent. It, it, if it is a rebuild, do you sit so, him? You know, do you, do you load management no. with them? God, no, you don't oh, sit man. him. Man, I think, I think you just pray to God that it's not a rebuild. Because if it is a rebuild... Okay, let's just talk about trade options first. Yeah. Let's just let's just go that that route first. We are, we talk we are about heading that. down a deep, <laughs> yes. dark hole right <laughs> now. But I, but I do want to talk about that later. I do want to talk about that. Cause that I have I have ideas that are spinning in my head right now. Let's do it. So let's let's talk roster moves. What what are what are the things you guys want to see? Let's start with you, Ro. Uh, well, first of all, we have to think about the requirements, right? Like, what are we looking for? What do we want this team to look like? And basically, on offense, all I really want is Dame Lillard. Okay, like you give me Dame Lillard, and you name everyone else. You already have a great offense. I mean, look at the teams that he's had in the past. I mean, Al Farouk Aminu, like, what's that guy doing? Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless. I mean, he took those guys to the playoffs. So, literally, you could surround Damian Lillard with a bunch of, you know, C's and B's and still end up with an A by getting up, getting to the playoffs. Now for But that's not the goal. That's not the goal. Thing is, is that, like, his, his wingman, CJ McCollum, okay, he is a C-plus defender at best. And I feel like with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, you have two of the same thing. And, you know, I hate I hate to bring this up because it's talking about the Warriors, but once upon a time, the Warriors drafted Stephen, Stephen Curry, and they had Monte Ellis. But they already had Monte Ellis. Exactly. <laughs> and they had to ship somebody. So they shipped, they shipped Monte Ellis, okay? And they ended up getting Bogut and some other pieces. But the thing is, is that Ooh. they knew that they couldn't pair those things together. And that is sort of the situation that I see is you can't have CJ and Lillard together because that's not enough defense on the floor. And it kind of muddles the offense for Lillard. So I want to see a package. I want to see a package that gets me someone like, like PG. I know that's kind of a crappy person to name because like, 
Portland. Portland hates playoff Pete. Like, we love hating on that guy. But if you paired him up with Lillard, he doesn't have to be playoff Pete because we have Dame time. He doesn't have to be that guy. He could play second fiddle, which is perfectly capable of doing, which is which he has been doing with Kawhi. So that's that's some that's a roster move that I'd like to see. Blazer Ben. Yeah, I mean, I feel like reading everything you're reading, CJ is going to be moved at some point because he's just not he's outgrown his shoes, you know, with the team. But you know, that's a thirty million dollar contract that should be able to bring something decent back. You know, we're not trading a Rodney Hood, you know, a $10 million contract and getting something mediocre in, resp- in return. It's 30 million, you know, we can get something good right. back, you know. Uh, and if CJ is back next year, CJ is back next year. And hopefully we have other players to better mesh together. You know, I mean, it's not the end all be all. We're not talking about CJ has gone, you know, that's definitely not 100% etched in stone he could be here next year and like i said hopefully he works in the off season on, on, on something on his defense and doesn't come out with another wine you know uh <laughs> but I, you know if you look at the roster we have seven players that won't that aren't, aren't on contract next year you know including zach collins ennis Cantor, okay. harry giles you know those are three bigs that aren't on contract as of as of the end of this season uh, I feel like big was one of our weaknesses during the season. So to lose three bigs like that, you have to start maybe even looking into the free agent pool. You know, you've got John Collins with the Hawks, who's a restricted free agent who I would love to see here in Portland. Love that guy. Uh, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna yeah. stick with Trey Young. They're gonna build the dynasty there. You know, they're gonna go do big things. You know. But the one, the one that you know intrigues me is Mitchell Robinson on the on the Knicks. Man, he's a seven foot, you know, semi agile center. Uh, I don't know. And he's a shot blocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know what his you know stake is there in New York since he's been there three seasons. Maybe he's looking to move to you know a, a better fit. So, but like I said, I don't know much about the Knicks culture. Uh, I know a lot of people want to go to the Knicks and then they fizzle. Look at Carmelo Anthony. Oops, sorry I said it. But, you know, or Amari Stoudemire for that. You know, signed a $100 million contract and then what, played a season? Maybe two? Right. And then there's also Bobby Portis, you know. Uh, Bobby Portis is an intriguing player. You know, he's played with Milwaukee this season, so he's still in the playoffs. He's a 6'10", lengthy, can play the power forward, can play the center, can shoot the three. You know, Serge Ibaka, he's a, he's a free agent too, but... I don't know. Serge Ibaka, I think, has served his time. You know, he won his chips in, in Toronto. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, a lot's going to pan out in the next couple months for us. You know, we're going to see a lot of things happen. A lot of people, you know, that we want to see back that aren't going to be back. You know, we'll see probably a decent amount of fresh faces. Fresh? Fresh faces on the roster. <laughs> don't worry, we'll edit that. Because that's what we do. No, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, Ben. And, you know, I, as far as CJ is concerned, I will say him and Dame are tight, right? They call they they call them the mama's boys. Like, they were, they're ride-or-die homies, right? The one thing I will say is that CJ McCollum is the one piece Portland has 
that could bring another star to Portland. You trade CJ, you get a star back. No other player, no matter how many players you package together, are going to get you a star player in Portland. So if Portland's looking to make a big-time move, a big-time change, somebody maybe more defensive-oriented, somebody like PG-13, it's going to have to be CJ McCollum. And he's, he's, a, he's a great uh, ambassador for the Blazers. He's, he's great for the community. He's a really cool guy, very charismatic, but he's the one trade piece they have to make a huge splash. Sorry, CJ. Yes, sorry, CJ. I, we love you here in Rip City. And Blazer fans, just listen to this, okay? Let's say we do trade CJ. And we do get someone like a PG. We're just using PG because that seems like the most viable trade um, that's out there. Because it would be mutually beneficial to both the both parties. Well, let's be honest. We we don't know. We don't, we don't, know. Know, we don't know who's going to be available. We don't know who the Blazers are looking at. We're just a few dudes talking shop, right? Exactly. And just but just imagine, okay, Dame Lillard. You talk Norman Powell into signing again. Okay, picking up that player option because you're like, we just shipped off CJ. Play another year. Earn yourself a bigger contract, but stay with us. You talk him into it. And then you have PG. And then you have Rocco. And then you have whatever is at the five that you could entice. Like, that sounds like a great roster around Damian Lillard, does it not? You know, it, it does. And I will say... With Dame and PG on the same team together, that could potentially be enough to bring in another big name. That's talent. what I'm saying. Now, if we're talking, and we're gonna we're gonna go all the way back around now, because I I really want to talk about this. If we're Uh-oh. if we're talking about rebuild mode, like you can't get any suitors, right? Hear me out here. You can't put Damian Lillard in that situation, right? No. No, you can't. Do you think about, just think about, trading Dame Lillard? You're off the pod. Do you, I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Bye-bye. You have to think about it, right? Are you creating what all is? those pictures out there with Dame in like a Phoenix jersey and an LA jersey? Are you the one creating those? Are you the source? What if someone like Kawhi Leonard is unhappy and he wants to go somewhere else and you're like Dame Lillard? Would you would you consider it? I'm just kidding, guys. Dame Lillard would never leave the Blazers. Never leave the Blazers. And we would never trade him. It'd be like literally franchise suicide. Right? Franchise suicide. It would be, but since you brought it up, there are there are teams out there putting together trade offers for Dame. Right? They're probably all gonna get shot down. But think of it this way. Like 90% shot down. We, yeah. We talk about, or we, earlier we had, we had talked about Olshay and Dame disagreeing on who they want as a head coach, right? That's like, that's like the rumor mill, right? Sort of. If, if Olshay and Dame are at odds with each other and Olshay can't seem to put together the right package with CJ... I mean, what's going to happen? One of them's got to go. 
Who holds the chips? That's the question. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. I don't think it'll happen. This is totally conspiracy theory hat stuff. It is. Right? It is. It's I mean, that's what you got to do after a, uh, <laughs> a first round playoff exit again, right? After what? How many times has that happened to us, man? Seriously. Uh, the, 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 but we will never trade Dave. The ESPN that's, trade that's machine. No, you don't the ESPN trade. ESPN trade machine says CJ for Paul George straight up is successful. Just throw that out there. But you know, Paul George yeah. did just sign a five-year, hundred and ninety million dollar contract. You know, where he's owed thirty-nine million next year, forty-two the year after that, forty-five the year after that. That's Dame money. So you know, yeah. that's that's yeah. a big contract to take on. I don't see them doing that. Well, like like we said, we're just throwing PG thirteen because we it's it's the first name that comes up. It's the it's it's just for an example. Yeah, you know it, it could be beneficial. anybody out there. Yeah, like like that trade would help out both teams because the Clippers need more outside shooting. They need a, a shot creator. Portland needs defense. Yeah, I mean, and if we're really talking shop, like it'd be great to just lure in a free agent and somehow just make room for a good second star and then have cj become the new manu Manu ginobili like be like that star sixth man shoot because i almost feel like he's like he'd be a great guy off the bench yeah he would he'd probably be more like uh lou williams but you know i i feel like james harden honestly honestly guys james harden okay see james there you go (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I feel like CJ and his game is too similar to Dame's to have them on the court at the same time. Yep. And I've been saying that pretty much ever since he's been here yeah, and, 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 and got the starting the role. Now the gloves are <laughs> well, off. Yes. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, like, let's just get real. This is yeah. this is a pod. This is an episode of the podcast where we're just being real. Like we're we're talking about our feelings here. This is therapeutic. It's therapy. a therapy session. It's therapy, right? right? Like we're just getting all this off our chest. So Ben's brain, you know, is exploding. Uh, by as the way, Ben's brain is exploding. I wish I wish our listeners could see his face. He's gonna quit the pod. He is. He is <laughs> sick. He is sick right now. He is turning green. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, man. Like we say all this stuff, but honestly, every every player we have on our roster, we love them. We love what they bring. It's just you got to you got to think no matter how much you love these players, you got to think about what's going to make the team better. Look at the deficiencies, see where you can make it's an business, adjustment, man. right? And it's business exactly. And it's the the ball is rolling now now that stots is gone the ball is rolling we'll see what else it picks up along the way yeah we'll see what other domino falls man and i'm not i'm gonna say if cj is gone i'm not gonna be heartbroken just throwing it out there i'll be a little heartbroken i mean i'll be a little heartbroken that he's gone just because he is a great ambassador to the city um to all of blazer fandom but I know deep down it's probably in in the best interest of the team. It's time to experiment with something else, man. Yep, that's true. But on that note, let's move on to our next segment. And that, of course, is props. And since we have Ro Zapanta, the great one, back on the show, 
Why don't you hit us up with that definition, brother? Dude, so giving props, what that means is giving applause, giving kudos to a certain person, story, or situation. So me, Tim, and Ben, <laughs> I want to know, do you give this props? I'm going to let you run this, man. I, I was going to do it, but I want you to run Bro, this because I, I miss will, you, man. I will run this. I will run this for sure. I miss you guys too. So there's a teenager who literally just fought off a brown bear in California. What was happening is that this brown bear and cubs basically were, were like scaling this brick fence. And this teenager came and fought off the bear off of her dogs. Off of her dogs. In her backyard, Yo, all I want to know, she, Tim, do you give this Was props? it her bare hands? Yeah, dude, she straight up <laughs> ran. Oh, she charged this bear. That was the most insane. Like, I would, dude, Yeah. I would not charge a bear. I understand, like, yeah. I understand, I understand protecting your fur babies and whatnot, but, bro, yeah. that is a bear. She looked like a little That will tackle, literally, dude. that thing could would literally rip your face off in one swipe. And she went over there and freaking charged at him like Ray Lewis, man. Yeah. Took him out. So, yeah, mad props to her. Mad props. <laughs> ben, do you give this props? Yeah, man, mad props to her for sure. You know, it was, what, I think two chihuahuas back there uh, and, and a yeah. medium-sized dog. And, and the strength of a bear is just ridiculous, regardless of the size of the bear. You know, no human strength is going to, you know, out, you know, arm wrestle <laughs> any bear. Except, except for this teenage yeah, well, girl. Well, you know, she came out with her with her bare hands, you know, and pushed it, pushed the bear. All that bear had to do was just bear, swipe. I like what you did. That there. bear just had to swipe at her one time and push her to the ground, and then it would have been all over, man. Dunzo. All over. And the fact that there I were mean, two the cubs there as backup, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I do give her props. Though. I mean, if it's people love their fur babies, and they'll go to extremes to protect them so you know props to her down in california man yeah i mean man's best friend and apparently likewise right ditto because that is like a best friend move like you literally oh, sure. just <laughs> shoved the bear to save your dog that that bear had a hold of one of the dogs and oh, i didn't i didn't see that yeah, dude picked up one of the dogs and that's when oh, she that's shoved crazy. him and then, That's crazy. and then the bear dropped the dog. She yelled the dog's the dog's name is Princess, by the way. She's like, Princess! Which is not <laughs> a very good thing to yell. <laughs> you gotta think about this when you name your when you name your pets, people. Think about what you're yelling. She literally yelled, Princess! Grabbed grabbed her dogs and ran in. Like mad props to her. Props from all three of us. The second one, what I have here, man, during the playoffs, Washington versus Philly. A fan run uh, runs onto the court and gets tackled by security. Did you guys see this? Oh yeah, I did. Absolutely amazing, Ben. Do you give this props? Yeah, I was watching the game live, you know, and they were showing it, and he got all the way to underneath the hoop where he just got tackled, and then the camera just wide pans, and it's just like the whole entire arena. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see this little person getting scurried off by the security. Yeah. You know, but before that, you know, he got tackled and Dwight Howard just sits there and hovers over him. You know, it was like, Dwight, what, what's going on, man? He's just sitting there and just, 
hands on his knees, just staring over him, and the fans just arms in the air. He's like, yeah, yeah, like he made it, you know, like he won a bet or something. Oh but God. I didn't mean I don't know what the outcome of it. I don't know if he got a lifetime ban or what, you know, off of one of our previous podcasts of how fans are getting banned left and right. But I would assume he is he not got, making it back to a Washington game anytime soon. I think he got nope. charged with like a felony or something, didn't he? Or something. He got charged uh, with something. I think that that was the guy that that was the guy that threw the water bottle. I know I know the guy that threw the water bottle. I think this guy Did got charged with something though. Him too? Crazy. I think so. You gotta research that. Well, dude, it's getting out of hand. That's true. I assume it's my turn now. Tim. <laughs> you get his props. I assume it's my turn since I just oh, started wait, talking about Ben. Did you give that props? Did you say yes? Uh, I give the security agent props. Absolutely. I mean, for the the gall to like just it. tackle someone like that, you know, not letting him get out to the players, and, and you know, a lot of the security agents, uh, if you look at the Blazer games, aren't the most agile looking people. Uh, so you know, for him to be able to to move like that, uh, I give him props. Yes. Tim. Yeah, I, I give him props. I give him props, man. Like th- this is getting out of hand, and you gotta, you don't know what what that dude's doing. You don't know what he's about yeah. to do. So yeah, knock right. him, knock him the out, and take him. Yeah, get him out of there. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I didn't notice Dwight Howard hanging over him for a while. You said he was over the dude that ran on literally the like court, probably was dripping like, sweat on him. him. Well, he was just. <laughs> it's like he was there. He was like, I was standing here first kind of thing. He's like, I don't care you ran on the court, man. This is where I'm standing. <laughs> dude, he's probably trying to talk some trash yeah, to him. Probably, dude. And if that's the case, I'll give him props too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know this for a fact, but I felt like when I watched that video, is that guy wearing a medicinal shirt? Like it had one of those big leaves on it? Because uh... that explains the frame of mind that you need to be to run onto the court like that and not think you're going to get tackled. Also, if I'm starting, if I'm starting an NFL team today, I need the teenager against that bear. I need that teenager to be my left, my left tackle. And I need the security (laughs) guard to be my lineman because security guard mask on and everything, man, nothing fell off of him, dude. And it was a, it was a nice tackle. Like he wrapped like that dude was not getting away i absolutely loved it i give him props as well and for our last story we have president obama dropped in on a youth football team in chicago giving them a pep talk if you guys haven't seen the video you should because it's completely incredible i'm kind of ahead myself tim do you give this props yes i do I think it's cool that Barack Obama comes in and gives a youth football team a, a pep talk. I remember playing ball in, in, in high school, and we had a, an ex-Dallas uh, Cowboy come in and give us a pep talk. And, you know, it didn't help us. We didn't win. But I thought it was pretty cool uh, uh, for him to, I don't know, for whoever it was to put that together. Like, as a kid playing ball, like, you hope someday – it's it would be possible to you know play with your heroes or or meet meet your heroes or, or whatever right and you know just for barack to come down like like the the i guess ex-president of the united states yeah like like our commander-in-chief to come down and, and visit you like that's that doesn't happen right so i think that's that's way cool mad props for that Bed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna echo on Tim and say props for that too. I don't. I feel like President Obama is gonna take a higher 
stature than a, than even a player coming down. You know, than even an NFL or NBA player coming down. It's President Obama. He led the country. You know, for eight years. Um, I feel like he would have a more lasting impact than than a player coming down. And it's just he's I I kind of at a loss for words that he would do something like that because it's just so inspiring to come down and, and talk to players even even at the youth age you know they were probably they might not even been born when president obama was uh, uh president you know i'm not quite sure how right. how old the youth football team i'm sure they're probably not you know babies right now but you know the youth football team could be eight-year-olds and then that, then in turn they wouldn't have even known who president obama was at that point but, you know, for him to give back to Chicago, you know, his, his stomping grounds too, you know, he also went to, I think, a small business uh, conference after that, where he also gave another uh, 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 pep talk, you could say, uh, to uh, people that were just there uh, on the Small Business Alliance. So, you know, he had a full day uh, of giving back to his city, you know, and it's just awe-inspiring. Yeah. I mean, I I love that he just walked down, walked down the field like, like it was like the WWE, and he's just calling out the coach. He's like, I told you, I told you I was coming by, coach. You didn't believe me. You didn't believe me. <laughs> and like, how much just positive energy do you get from that video? Just watching Barack Obama. I mean, one of the greatest speakers of our time, one of the greatest presidents of our time, which I know some people might find debatable, but. The fact that he has like lines that are just randomly inspiring, like, like not not red states, not blue states, but the United States of America. Like, <laughs> you just feel his energy, man. And for him to take the time to talk to a youth football team and just give them just a little taste of what it's like to be around the presence of someone that's just an awesome person. I mean, you gotta give that props because he didn't have to do that. And I know that he's doing it for his like his so-called hometown of Chicago. Cause I think he's originally like a Hawaiian guy, right? I don't know. That's neither here or there. Anyway, mad props to Barack Obama. I'ma throw it back to Tim. Alright, Ben. Was that you raising your hand? You no, had something sir, to say? Man. No, sir. Right, cool. I'm just ecstatic. Ecstatic. Ecstatic! <laughs> I gotta I gotta just pop that in each episode, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Catch <laughs> All right, Well, Hey, man. Thanks for bringing us home on that prop segment. I appreciate you being here. Shout out to both. Shout out to both my uh, my co-hosts, Blazer Ben and Rosa Panta. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, sir. Uh, sh- shout out to everyone that makes the show possible. I mean, we got some guys missing right now, going through some things, but you know, hopefully, we'll see them back soon as well. Uh, and and of course, the last shout out goes. To our listeners, our bucket busters and Twitter followers, you make doing all of this worthwhile for us. And with that, Blazer Ben, see us out, my man. That's a wrap for this episode, Blazer fans. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.